0: Welcome to ASME TechCast, where we bring you the innovators, the innovations, and the issues that push the envelope of engineering. My name is Kathy Ciceri, ASME's Membership Content Program Manager. Today's podcast is sponsored by Fictive. Fictive is your operating system for custom mechanical parts, whether it's precision CNC machining, injection molding, 3D printing, or urethane casting. Fictive offers instant quotes, experienced manufacturing guidance, and best-in-class service while delivering high-tolerance parts at ridiculous speeds. Think Fictive when you need a complex parts, fast. Go to fictive.com to learn more. Today, we're talking with Peter Atherton, who is president and founder of Actions Proof in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's an advisor, executive coach, and team developer for the AEC industry firms develop top talent and clients. Peter's book, Reversing Burnout, How to Immediately Engage Top Talent and Grow, continues to positively impact lives of readers and their organizations. Peter, welcome and thanks for being here.
1: Well, thank you, Kathy. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Let's get started. You know, everybody's life experience is different. um, And I'd like to start with that. I know you're an engineer, you're a consultant, you're an author. But what's your experience with burnout? Did you um, see it in your peers? Did you experience it firsthand? What can you tell us about that?
1: Well, I I definitely saw it in in my peers. And and I'll say that uh, maybe I had some sympathy for that. But until I really experienced it myself um, and learned to understand it and have words to express it. I really didn't have empathy for it or compassion for people who were going through um, burnout or the ability to help people. And once I was able to figure that out, that's what prompted me with a, with a bunch of coaching and you know pushing from my friends and different you know peers in the, in, the, in, the, in the industry to say, you need to write a book on this. And so that was the genesis for writing the book um, originally to really to help people, to help diagnose like what happened to me? Why at the peak of my career did I fall out of love with what I was doing? And how would I re-engineer that? I went through that process back in 2016, wrote the book in 2017, sort of before talking about burnout was cool.
0: Right. And I know you do other things. Now you you talk about leadership, you help team, you know, collaborate, but, you know, you know, engineers, you're an engineer yourself. Um, and our audience is made up of engineers. So why is it that engineers are susceptible to burnout? What is so um, susceptible? Is it their job? What can you tell us?
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I, what, what makes us susceptible? It, I think it's well, it's, it's high performance and unmanaged stress. Um, I mean, ultimately, I mean, it took, and, and we have different thresholds um, for. Load. But one, I, I will say, when I, when I talk to boards and leadership teams and firms about burnout, um, what, it's a leadership problem to solve because burnout really only affects our highest achievers. I mean, they're not going to affect our middlers or our low achievers because, you know, it's, it's going to affect the ones who are most dedicated to the projects, most dedicated to the organization, most dedicated to the clients. They're the ones that are ultimately going to burn out. There is sort of the, the quote unquote canary in the coal mine aspects that there's a personal aspect to it. But there's also an organizational development or uh, an organizational factor. Um, but by definition, you know, burnout is, is chronic, unmanaged stress, and that can be positive stress. I mean, a lot of what we do, we grow personally, we grow professionally, we take on new things. I mean, that's stressful. I mean, ultimately, it's positive stress, right? But 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 if it's unmanaged, right, it's going to lead uh, to negative stress and burnout. And obviously, there are some negative stresses um, that are out there. But I think engineers, uh, w- w- in general, we're focused in so much we don't have the big picture perspective. We don't take time to do the big picture perspective. Our supervisors are probably focused in at a more of a micro level, day to day level. And so, I think by in general, we're more susceptible. Um, and I mean, I certainly fell prey to that during the the 24 years that I was a, a practicing engineer, project manager, principal, and major mm-hmm. firm owner, going through that. And um, so, I mean, I think that that we're a little bit more susceptible than I think some other industries.
0: Gotcha. Um, so, in ourselves, so that we can recognize it, or in someone else, maybe someone our coworker, or even a someone in the leadership. Uh, position. What are the signs that we can um, readily see?
1: So, well, I I, I mean, there are by definition, right? Since, since, in 2019, the World Health Organization came out and, and recategorized and, and redefined burnout, right? So there's an actual definition, there wasn't one before, um, or you in know, and, and what the World Health Organization did. And it lined up with a lot of my direct experience that I shared in the book and my, that I had and a lot of other folks I had. Um, and there's a, a, obviously a, a correlation with work, right? It's a workplace phenomena that is by definition now, but when we see it, like how, does, how do we see the signs of it? I mean, there's definitely a change. I mean, I mentioned that, you know, burnout affects our highest achievers. The only wrinkle to that is if someone was a high achiever and then something changed, well, that's a sign that they may have been burning out because there's there's a mechanism to burn out we go through different stages i mean it's sort of a lot of times in our industry right it's it's professional work overload right it's just that prolonged work overload season after season you know not just project back to back projects but this could be year after year decade after decade in some cases that eventually leads to some overwhelm And when we sit there for a while, that progresses into exhaustion, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual exhaustion. And then that's going to trigger us into burnout, right? So there is sort of a progression to that. But when we see it, you know, or when we uh, see it in others or experience it ourselves, there's just this feeling of energy depletion. I mean, we get to that exhaustion. We're truly exhausted, and you know, we start feeling this mental distance from our job. And sometimes it's unconscious, subconscious. There's some negativism, um, cynicism, and that sort of trigger. When we get into the burnout because of the work, I mean, it does trigger this burnout disengagement cycle, where you know we have everything going for us, but because of the burnout, we're disengaging. And then ultimately, I mean, that is a loss of efficacy um, and a loss of productivity. So we might be able to observe that in others. I mean, sometimes we're, we're, we're able to see, you know, other people can mm-hmm. see our blind spots, but we could sort of measure uh, one of the index things that I used over time and I documented in my book was my interest in work. I could measure that, like what fired me up, what got me excited. And I could actually, when I went back to sort of retrace the steps and I used my interest in work as the, as the marker, I could definitely see me sort of working through the S-curve of, my, um, of that. So I think that there's a lot of self-awareness that needs to happen and some friends sort of looking out for you too.
0: Right, right. Because people do say they're just tired or they're just, you know, go take it a vacation, that sort of thing. So, well,
1: and and I, and I will say, I mean, just to kind of riff on that a little bit, I mean, there yeah. is huge benefit to taking time off, all right? Mm-hmm. But but a lot of times, you know, our our time on is as much as the problem as our time off, right? I mean, we live in a very chaotic world, um, emails, uh, it, we it's chaos. In fact, it, I, I had a I wrote a podcast episode a few, you know, back earlier this year, um, just talking about, you know, basically how to design our ideal data and the chaos. Because even if we go on a vacation and we take the time off on the weekends and maybe some nights to get a good night's sleep, if we cut this gets into the sort of the coal mine analogy, right? If, If we're coming into chaos all the time we're still going to burn out and so our time on is super important um but is also is our time off and and when we're feeling exhausted i mean sometimes it can just come down to you know our time use management and trying to you know switch task and thinking we're multitasking um but but that truly is something that we need to to worry about and the one thing i will say too is when i'm working with leadership teams or or individuals And I try to sort of separate out, like, are we just exhausted or are we truly burning out? Because Mm -hmm. if we're exhausted, well, you know, maybe it's a workload thing. Maybe it's a time management thing. Maybe it's an overload thing. Maybe we just haven't developed our team or we're not, you know, it's different if we're truly just exhausted, a better to-do list, better team development. I mean, there's some things we can do, but but if that we're saying exhausted, but we really mean burnout, it's a whole different ball game with some different dynamics. Um, and so, and I'll just say this one, so words mean something, right? There's meaning. And I'll, I'll say there's two camps um, or two ends of the scale. When somebody comes to me, an executive, a leader, or a high achiever in an organization reaches out and they say, I'm burning out. And I've heard like some of my my clients who people on their team have said they burn out. It's one of two things, usually. Sometimes it's a cry for help. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling, you know, some exhaustion here. I don't really see the light at the, tunnel, t- light at the end of the tunnel. It's sort of a cry for help, help me out. In other times when someone says they're burning out it's the last straw i mean they are truly burning out and they're one phone call away from a recruiter to saying let me in or i want something different i'm getting out of this industry or mm-hmm. and so when mm-hmm. someone says that we definitely especially if we're a manager or leader we have to realize that is it the cry for help which is kind of the 411 call or is mm-hmm. it the last straw and it's 911 and if we're not going to show that compassion right in that moment we've just sort of sealed the fate on either engagement or that person sticking around
0: so um you you touched a little bit about you need some time off but we can get into that more more of a detailed of that but what should a person do if they feel before they get to that desperate tired exhausted feeling and you know The first thing, maybe they should go to their boss. Tell me, what should I do if I think I'm being, um, you know, I'm I'm at the end of my rope, I think.
1: Well, even even if that's the, it's the awareness to recognize that, wow, this is unsustainable. Yeah. I'm feeling, and again, as high performers, recognize like I am a high performer. I do care a whole awful lot. Well, that's going to put you in a certain camp unless we have personal intervention and some of our leadership sort of steps in and says, Hey, how can I help you with this? So that being aside, if we're feeling the strain, like take note of it like thank you body for telling me that thank you mind for in this quiet moment like I I, I feel this right because mm-hmm. that level of discontent is our friend right it's it's our body telling us something or it's friends like dude you're not showing up this way you know the way you used to and, and then learn about it like understand you know burnout is not a taboo again it's it's a it's it should be a recognition that I care a whole awful lot and I'm doing things and I'm pushing my body, I'm pushing my brain, I'm pushing this organization to grow, but I need to do it sustainably, right? Because I mean, what's the point of doing something if we truly flame out? I mean, that's not good and and we need to do that. So I think understanding, I mean, I have a lot of free resources um, on my web. I mean, you can download the first two couple chapters of the book that talk about the whole, you know, burnout disengagement cycle and mechanics. You can download the audio. I write a lot because my goal is to really help people. So you can do a lot of sort of research and uh, free of charge to, to be able to sort of figure this thing out, get words for it. I mean, one of the things with a lot of this stuff is we're feeling it, but once someone puts a word to it, Mm -hmm. We could start solving for it. Well, okay, that's not, it's just, you know, just start naming it and categorizing it. And now we're just going to put our mind to work and and we will naturally solve it. Um, So learn about it. I mean, the self-awareness, I mean, we ultimately, it is the canary in the coal mine, right? I mean, if someone's burning out, there's two pieces at play. And so let's own our part. Let's be the best sort of canary we can be. We have to lead ourselves. And that will ultimately be our time use management. Because in that, we can sort of have a different mindset, we can approach things differently, we can strategically build our team. I mean, especially if we're in a leadership position, right, our ability to do more um, and leverage ourselves is 100% aligned with our ability to build our team. And so sometimes it's just, we haven't built our teams and there's good reasons for that. We've never been taught ourselves. And, you know, so you can kind of go through um, and see, and especially as senior people, you know, people North of 20 years experience. I mean, we sort of came in or 20, 30 years experience. I mean, a lot, you know, people who came in the industry in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. Right. I mean, we came in during the re-engineering, do more with less phase. And and so we really didn't ever have the resources and they were, you know, gotten out middle management and that we were growing into that and we had to manage and also do. And then we had the great recession back in the mid, you know, the two thousands and Mm -hmm. we had even less resources and we had to do more with less, you know, still, and, and even more so to keep our jobs. And, and then we were all slow to hire. And so you can think back and now these people with, you know, 20, 30, 35 years experience and says, Oh, learn how to delegate. Learn how to build your team. Well, really? My whole freaking career, I haven't. So anyway, I mean, but some, right. just talking about that stuff and, and we see it in the data. I do a lot of primary research where burnout and stress lie in organizations. It's, it's not only at the sort of the manager pinch point it's at the senior leadership levels. And again, I, I just kind of shed a little bit of light on why that is the case. But we have to recognize that not only is it is it a, a high achiever issue, it's a leadership issue. And those are the people who sort of are pulling the levers of the organization. So we want to be able to sort of understand that. But again, understanding the circumstance, but to answer your question, I mean, what should we do? I, I think we need to work on it. Um, and take at least the ownership piece. And then if we're in some type of a leadership mode, once we sort of understand our own piece uh, or the individual component, let's focus on the organizational component uh, and the team development component. If our organization is so big, well, we can, change our organ- we can change our team. So how are we going to change those dynamics and take ownership of that?
0: Okay, so um, all this being said, It doesn't seem like there's a quick fix, not saying that I think there should be, but how best do you set expectations? Like when you have a team and you sit them down and you're noticing that there's, um, you know, some high achievers are having a little bit of problems. Um, So how best to set expectations about how, I don't know, how long this is going to take or what's coming, what's coming next? How do you do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, on, the, on the broad picture, it, it probably took the team, it took the individual a long time to get here and mm-hmm. it's going to take us some time to get out. Right. I mean, I, I get, people's thresholds are different. It could take, you know, it's been a rough five years and I'm burning out or it's been 20 years of building this, you know, team building right. this. And, and now it's, well, it doesn't take 20 years to get out, but, but it won't be overnight. I mean, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a personal and professional development to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we, it, it's, its habits its mindsets it's a lot of real tangible people skills and understanding and time that's going to take to sort of move us once we get some of those building blocks in place again these people are high achievers we're high we will get it done we just need to know what battle are we fighting now right what what is the new mission how are we going to solve for that right so so but it's development um, and same thing from an organizational development pers- organizational perspective, it's development. And a lot of times it's like, why are we burning out? Well, because we we think about this organization. we think about the the team the same way we did 10 years ago. We were half the size. We you know, so as leaders, we have to lead differently, right? And so sometimes it's just we never really took advantage or adapted. With the growth of the firm, we never worked our, we never changed ourselves through different inflection points. And so not only do we need to sort of right size ourselves today and our thinking and our mindset and our processes and systems and how we talk and communicate, we have to get to there for now, but let's already think about the next step, right? So it's an organizational development piece. And ultimately, it's about you know, how do we maintain high performance sustainably? And who doesn't want to be part of that team, right? So again, that's why a lot of this stuff is is a leadership problem to solve or a leadership opportunity to say, you can come here, you can be part of this team. We're going to be successful. We're going to rely on each other, but we're not one trick ponies. We want to do this sustainably. And so there will be stress and rest, right? Because that's fundamentally growth comes from stress and rest. I mean, even if we're building muscles at the gym, right? I mean, that's what it's going to take. And you just have to build in professional um, athletes, build in the right amount of cadence of performance, stress, and rest. And there's ways to do this. I mean, firms are figuring it out and they're seeing the difference. Um, and I think that's the, that's the key. I mean, if if someone's looking for the quick fix, I mean, they're just dismissive probably anyway, um, and not recognizing both the opportunity in addressing this head on um, and the harm in not. And it's just ultimately you have high achievers who are burned out and they're, and they're just dis, disengaged and they're probably doing more harm than good. And you're really only attracting people who, um, are just keeping the nose, you know, j- just slightly out of the fire. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're just going to avoid stepping up and doing things because you just don't recognize that, uh, it, it high performance has, you know, sort of a cost and a benefit.
0: So you leave us on an optimistic note, which which is that there is um, a fix for this and there is a way to um, make it better. So we'll have to call it there. And thank you so much for joining us today, Peter. Any last words before you leave um, going forward for the audience?
1: Um, no, I mean, but it, there definitely is a fix. And there's a way to not only fix this, but to make it such an inviting scenario to have this high level of personal, professional organizational development. So no, I'm thankful uh, to be here. I'm thankful to continue to support the the engineering industry uh, in, in many, the many different ways that I've had the privilege of doing so. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on the podcast. And Great. people can reach out to me with any questions. You know, LinkedIn, and my website has a number of resources. and so i'm I'm happy to help. Um, and as it relates to the burnout, again, my goal is to help as many professionals and organizations tackle, take on and deal with burnout so we can move forward with the great stuff that we're we're designed and made to do. Um, Burnout should just be, if it happens, um, if we can't avoid it in the first place, if it happens, let's just make that a small roadblock, a hurdle, and we jump over it and then keep moving forward.
0: Thank you so much. And thanks to our sponsor, Fictive, for supporting today's podcast. And of course, thanks for everyone who's listening. If you'd like to hear more great conversations on a wide range of engineering topics, please subscribe to ASME TechCast. We're on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. I'm Kathy Ciceri. Thank you so much for listening.